Hello and welcome to At Noon with Yoon. My name is Charles Yoon and I'm your host. Welcome to episode one. In this episode, I'm gonna be I'm gonna give you an introduction of who I am uh, and why I'm creating this podcast, the purpose behind it. And in the introduction, I'll go over the places I've lived, places I've visited, things I'm proud of, hobbies, the interests I have, and things I want to do to give a general overview of myself. And then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so the first of all, places I've lived and visited. Uh, I guess first and foremost, I am a Korean-Canadian. I was born in Korea. And at the age of four, my family and I moved to Singapore to live there for four years. Um, The earliest memory I have of Singapore is just the hot sun, really hot weather, swimming with my brother all day, every day. I mean, we went to school as well, but in our free time, uh, it was a great time. Uh, We traveled to Malaysia and Indonesia during that time. Um, In Singapore, that's where I picked up my English. I was fortunate enough to go to a British international school. Um, A lot of fun. I just remember crying at the swimming lessons. And I think I almost drowned too. Hmm. And then at the age of eight, uh, my family and I moved back to Korea. The first memory I have of Korea is uh, when we landed at the airport, it was snowing, it was cold, and I was like, oh. This place is different. I was, it was not a great first impression, but I lived there until um, the age of 13 when I, when my family and I moved to Canada. Um, and while I was in Korea, I, w- I was able to, my family, well, not my dad, but my mom, my brother and I, we visited New Zealand. We did a backpacking, we did a, did a backpacking trip from the bottom island, I think it was Christchurch to all the way to um, Auckland. Uh, I, I forget, but the um, the second island, the, the northern island, uh, a lot of fun, really cool, stunning views. Um, so yeah, at the age of thirteen, my family and I immigrated to Korea, correction to Canada. That's where I lived since then. Um, while I was in Canada, we travel to the standard Mexico trip. Uh, my friends and I, we did a road trip to um, the States, not too far down, just just uh, New York, state of New York. And my family and I, we traveled to Germany and Switzerland in recent, in recent times. And Switzerland was also breathtaking. The views are just stunning. New Zealand and Switzerland, I would go back in a heartbeat. The things I'm proud of, I'm proud of my service in the military. I served in the Canadian Armed Forces for five years. I'm proud of the program that I initially got in for, which was the regular officer training plan program. It's essentially a paid education program by the military. It's not an overly difficult program to get into, but it it's pretty valuable in that they provide leadership training and a lot of good experiences. I'm proud of the job I got in for, which was air traffic control, essentially. And yet, in order for you to get that job, you have to take this test called air crew selection test. And that's a very difficult test. It's one of the most more difficult aptitude tests I've taken 
so far. Um, as far as I know it, it has an 80% failure rate. And that test is how you get to either air traffic control or pilot or navigator. Um, you have to take that test that measures your multitasking, spatial awareness, reaction, motor, hand-eye motor skills, um, problem solving to see if you have the potential to become um, one of those, to do one of those jobs. Uh, so I was pretty proud to pa I passed that. I passed for air traffic control and air navigator at the time. Unfortunately, I didn't pass for pilot, which is the reason why I wanted to join the military in the first place. Um, but I'd like to say that I was really close to passing pilot. I'm not saying that out of out of the blue or out of my my butt. Um, <clears throat> I I am saying that with confidence because the personnel at the testing site told me to come back the next the year after. I'm really close to passing. I should be able to pass the next year. However, unfortunately, I wasn't able to come back the next year uh, because my school grades were too low and my unit didn't send me to training again. Darren. I think I really could have passed on the second try. Um, another thing I'm proud of during that program is uh, the basic training, the basic officer training I did. Uh, I was 14 weeks at uh, Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, Quebec, and um, a lot of people, some of my army friends think it's a joke, but to me it was pretty tough. It was a very mentally and physically strenuous course. Um, a lot of sleep deprivation and just mentally, mental and physical exhaustion and you're wet and dirty all the time. Well, not all the time, but, you know, some portions of that course, you are constantly hungry, tired and just wet and dirty all the time and just very demanding, I thought. Um, and then after that program, I went to do air defense work, which, which was pretty cool. Um, I did... Um, I was fortunate enough to participate in the air policing mission for the G7 summit in 2018. Uh, my my team worked with, uh, not my team, but my, our unit worked with the U.S. Secret Service, which was pretty cool. Uh, they came to our operations floor and we worked side by side. Uh, essentially, what the air policing mission was, to it was pr to protect the air, the restricted airspace above where the G7 summit took place and fighter jets were loitering and we were giving out calls saying do not enter and if you do enter turn back immediately or you will be intercepted blah 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 and um, so that was pretty cool um, I also trained for the I trained for Operation Noble Eagle all the time That's that was what our majority of our training and job is nowadays Operation Noble Eagle, which was established after 9-11, it's to prevent any further hijacked aircraft from essentially crashing into and causing casualties. Uh, so that involves fighter jets scrambling and intercepting hijacked aircraft, and we played a big role uh, in, in, control, in scrambling and controlling that fighter jet, which was really cool. And aside from that, we, you know, protected air sovereignty from Russian bombers. I mean, uh, really cool stuff. It's, um, you know, it's not really the same, but it's like one of those military movies you see. Uh, you see a military personnel hovering over a radar scope and he yells where, where alarms are blaring, blaring and he yells, Sir, there are missiles incoming. And, you know, it's not as intense as that. And it's not really similar, but it's pretty similar. 
yeah, yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, the next thing I'm proud of, I'm proud of the job offer I got from NAV Canada uh, to train as an air traffic controller. I applied and it was a very long process. It involved it's a fairly, fairly difficult process. Uh, numerous aptitude tests, interview, communication exercises. At each stage of the test, I, I thought I, I wouldn't get through, but I did. I got the job offer in 2018. I, I applied on a whim so I, I think the biggest lesson i have here is you know don't ever underestimate yourself um during during my time in the military i've had i've had um i've had i'm sorry i just got a phone call and i got distracted um during my time in the military i've had instances where people were afraid of doing something because they didn't think they could do it or they would think they would get in trouble or anything but you know as long as you're not breaking any rules and you know just give it a go and that's what I did with NAFCAN I went for it and I got in and honestly it's one of the best jobs I've had even though it's really short um, because of the COVID so continuing on I'm also proud of the, the training I've accomplished in NAFCAN I'm proud to say that I completed the first of three training phases at NAFCAN. I thought that getting the job offer was it. To be honest, once you get the job offer, you're pretty much guaranteed to become an air traffic controller and and uh, and work. But no, the training is very long. It's two years for what I did, which was IFR control. And um, it's very intense. You're pushed to the max almost every day of the training. And so, yeah, I'm proud that I completed the first of three. I moved on to the second phase. However, unfortunately, like I said, COVID-19 took away that opportunity. They, uh, sh the company shut down their training program across nationwide due to the financial impact um, COVID-19 COVID had. So that was a really sad day. Um, so, and in the second phase, I was really looking forward to it because in the first phase, we were trained in our fictitious airspace. We're training uh, in a simulator, but it's less realistic. Um, but it fairly realistic. It you it's you know if anyone looks at it, it's like wow, you're actually controlling aircraft. But um, but uh, the second phase involves more realistic environments, actual real airspace that's above Toronto, and I was assigned in airspace as well that I was pretty proud and I was excited to train in, and, but yeah, didn't get to. Um, and my hobbies, uh, I like to play video games, not like the Xbox, PlayStation video games, but the computer games. I grew up playing computer games in Korea, first person shooter, um, mass MOBA, I think it's called, mass multiplayer something something. Um, another hobby I have is exercising. I like to weightlift. I like the aesthetics part of it, I guess, and the the general strength part of it, and just the functional aspect of it. You know, if you weightlift, you're, you're strengthening your bone and your muscles, and you're just preventing injuries, right? So I like that aspect of it. Uh, the favorite sports I have are volleyball, swimming, and disc golf. Volleyball, pretty interesting story. Growing up, I didn't think I had what it took to become a volleyball player. 
Uh, my friends at the time when I, when I was young, they tried teaching me and they gave up soon after, frustrated. Um, I guess it was just a younger mentality in us that they give up to training, but I met I met a person in the military who was, um, she was very passionate. She was very passionate about, gosh, hold on. She was very passionate about uh, volleyball playing and, um, and, um, sorry about that. So, um, I think I was talking about volleyball. Yeah, I met a person in the, uh, who was very passionate and she taught me the basics, the skills required to play volleyball and play as an effective team player. And I really got to enjoying the sports ever since then. I ended up playing for the volleyball team in North Bay and base North Base. So I'm pretty proud of that too and a sport that I'm really passionate about and have a lot of fun. I enjoy playing sports like squash, badminton. Uh, they're a lot of fun too. Very cardio intensive, but you don't realize the time passing. Um, I enjoy swimming. I've swam ever since I was young in Singapore, all the time swimming in, in, in the water. And um, I swam competitively in high school as well as private, privately in club swims. And I was a lifeguard in high school, swim instructor, a lot of fun, that was a great job. Um, disc golf is relatively new. Um, I always enjoyed the, I played ultimate frisbee in high school and university and um, I like the tossing and receiving the disc aspect and sometimes receiving it in the end zone aspect of it because you know you get the glory uh, and it's exhilarating but I don't like the I don't like how intensive the running is I I hate the sprint I don't like sprinting that much and jumping and all that stuff so disc golf is great it's a great alternative alternative because you're throwing the frisbee uh, but you're just leisurely walking around it's like it's like playing golf just without the golf club and the balls. Uh, my, some of my interest things I want to do. I've think you've noticed I am. I've always wanted to be a pilot. I haven't been. A, I haven't become a pilot yet. Um, but hopefully one day I, I will become one. Um, the the factor that's really stopping me from being a pilot right now is just the the money and and the time aspect of it it's very expensive well to me anyway um but i'm an avid fan of aviation specifically military aviation i really like the like the fighter jets the high performance aircraft that is both capable and very maneuverable but i also like other aspects of the military aviation the the helicopter world as well as the multi-engine world the missions they do and the type of flying, the training they do is pretty cool. But it's also really about the elite personnel behind the controls that are really cool too. The steep training curve that they have to go through. They're really professional, skilled, and uh, they're trained well. It's it's just really admirable, and I, I like I like their training aspect too. But I also do like the general aviation aspect of it as well. I like the bigger aircraft as well as the small aircraft. The traveling aspect. Um, when you're in control, you could go wherever you want, sort of. The freedom in a three-dimensional space aspect, it's its like riding a roller coaster, I guess, but more freedom and more control. 
the vastness, the vastness of the sky. Uh, I got to skydive one time, and I know it's not the same thing as flying aircraft. Although I, I have flown a single-engine aircraft before, um, with the help of my instructor, obviously. But just how great, how how the world looks when you're up there, and the skill required to fly. It's I think it's a challenging hobby, and for sure, I think it's not. It's not it's obviously not rocket science. Rocket science, pardon me, but, and I think most people will be able to take off and maybe even land a single-engine aircraft, no problem. But uh, that's not the point. It's about being able to handle emergencies and handle all aspects of flying that sets you apart um, that that gives you the skill to fly and I think that's really cool and moving on to the purpose of the podcast I I think it's really simple I just like to hear myself talk I'm just joking uh, I have three reasons first reason is that I want to practice my speech whether that has to do with how fluid I speak or the enunciation, the speaking or speaking coherently, more vib- more vib- vibrantly. <laughs> uh, sometimes I speak like uh, I speak, I stutter sometimes, and I, I'm not very organized in my thoughts, and I speak with a monotone and. You know, I want to improve that. And it, it also serves as as some form of an audio journal. So, um, I think that's cool, pretty cool. My second reason is I want to have fun with my friends. I, I'm not sure how viable that is with the pandemic. But um, I think it'll be a lot of fun having in-depth discussions with friends. Finding out the whys and hows of their perspectives. Chit-chat. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. And my third reason, I'm hoping that my podcast would be of some use to people, whether that's from the information that I discuss with my future guest or the entertainment aspect of it. I'm really hoping that it's not going to be another white noise. There's a lot of amateur podcasts out there. While I was trying to find a name, what to name my podcast, I found that out. But, you know, I mean, I think I've, I've set a pretty low bar. Um, as, as long as I am able to entertain someone and put a smile on someone's face, someone's, someone, (laughs) uh, I'd be content. Some of the concerns I want to talk about is how perhaps vulnerable my guest and I will be. Um, you know, we'll have to ask pretty in-depth questions, maybe even personal ones. I think it'll help us to connect with each other more, but... You know, if it's out, if it's on a podcast, it's open for criticism from from the public. Um, and another thing I want to talk about is obviously a podcast is simply a glimpse into who I am. It doesn't necessarily reflect the entirety of me. It doesn't explain the perspectives I have in full. It doesn't explain the memories I have or or um, the reasoning, the connections I have. So definitely take it with a grain of salt and and uh, don't think that this is my everything. 
Um, but thank you for listening to this 20 minutes wow long podcast Uh, before i end things i just want to credit my friend tara for helping me name my podcast thanks for your creativity and your help and um yeah thanks for listening if you have any questions or comments feel free to message me on facebook just type my name in charles yoon all right thanks very much